I'm with uh, Rana Ayub, independent investigative journalist who's based in Bombay. We're presently here in Goa. My name is Kanak Mani Dikshit. Uh, quick uh, interview with uh, Rana, Rana Ayub. Uh, Rana, just uh, some time ago, a morphed video uh, showing um, some sexual acts that had your photograph included within it. That made the rounds. It was sent to you. It was also made public. I wanted to firstly share your personal experience and your uh, akrosh, as we say in uh, Sanskrit, Hindi, Nepali, uh, the anger that uh, developed within you, as you told us recently. And then what does it mean for the state of social media and the state of media in South Asia and in India? So firstly, your personal experience. I mean, uh, Kanak, it was traumatizing. I mean, that's, I mean, to see the least, I mean, it was a living hell for me uh, the day it started, followed with fake tweets uh, where I was uh, allegedly, uh, where they quoted me as supporting child rapists in the name of Islam. Then they sent out another fake tweet in my name which said, I hate India and I hate Indians. And the third day, I mean, right after I won Outlook's uh, Youth Icon of the Year Award, uh, they started this, uh, so a friend of mine from the RSS, uh, um, sent me uh, sent me a WhatsApp message that he's going to send me something which might bother me quite a bit, but I need to get it removed ASAP. So he sent it to me. It was a morphed pornographic video with you know uh, with my image on it, and it was being circulated in my name that it, it was me in in it. I mean, when I saw it, I started throwing up. I was sitting in a hotel. I started crying. Um, I mean, it was. I, I had I had seen worse, but I had no idea that uh, something like this also could be uh, you know could be done by these people whoever were, whoever was trying to target me. And um, the next couple of days, I mean, I for the next three days I could not take a shower. My uh, my coordination was not working. I was literally banging my head against the wall. The next day, uh, uh, people uh, they started sharing a screenshot from the porn video on my timeline, on my Facebook inbox, and my Instagram, uh, asking me for my rates, uh, sending me the most disgusting, uh, nauseating messages, and and you know, almost every minute there would be a there would be a screenshot trickling on my timeline. Another, a day later, they sent out another fake tweet in my name, which said, "I am available with my name and my address." That led to people sending me those WhatsApp messages with these screenshots of this porn video. Uh, it was, I think, the most traumatic one week of my life. Um, soon after, I received a box with shredded copies of Gujarat Files, my book. And clearly, they were not going to stop at nothing. So I, I don't think I've seen anything as as horrible as this. My life was... I mean, my life came to a standstill. I've cried my heart out. I've, I've been in the hospital. I've had palpitations. I've had anxiety, anxiety attacks. I will, nobody can be ever prepared for something as nauseous as this. Okay. This might be an extreme instance, but do you think uh, experiences such as these are being um, uh, shared uh, by other journalists or other people who want to speak out? And is this going to lead to silencing countrywide to see what you've suffered? And will that impact others? I think it will impact others. I think what they're doing is to silence journalists. I mean, you know, if it's a woman and you talk about her virtue and her character, certainly, I mean, I belong to a privileged urban setup wherein my parents didn't bat an eyelid, but in other families, in rural setups, I mean, if, if it happens to, I mean, any other journalist, perhaps their families would not react like my family. Perhaps they would be just tempted to stop and, and just, you know, detach from social media. Perhaps they'll delete their social media accounts. This is one way of telling people to leave. Uh, in my case, I'm a little too thick-skinned for, uh, you know, for their 
for I mean to basically fall in their trap. What they don't get it is that if I had to really be intimidated and intimidated and stop my work, I would not be doing the work that I've already done over the years. And uh, but here, yeah, this is a, this is a mechanism that is being used under strongmen across the globe, and the Modi government is no exception. This is a means to silence us. You are a journalist. I do not describe you as a woman journalist because yeah. you write about issues. Uh, you write about gender, but you write about mainstream, so-called mainstream issues that are go right to the juggler of the state uh, processes as we speak. And so, in that sense, uh, it's ironical that. Uh, you are being, uh, what's the word, uh, slut-shamed uh, for doing what every mainstream journalist aspires to do and wants to do, which is to write about politics, investigate corruption in high places, in investigate political corruption. So um, the interface between uh, Indian politics as we speak and uh, what you've suffered, what is the interface then? Uh, well, I think... Uh one is that they do not want me to speak and write. You know, when women write about politics and social justice and, and corruption, I think it hurts them really bad. And for me, unfortunately, I've written a book on, uh, called Gujarat Files, which exposes the complicity of both Narendra Modi and Amit Shah and, and exposes their complicity in one of the worst possible crimes. It traces their journey from Gujarat to Delhi and and the lives that they have taken in the process. So it's not, it's not an easy book to write. It was a sting operation of eight months that finally culminated into it coming into the form of a book. And I'm, and I'm still continuing to, you know, uh, fight the system day in, day out. Um, I think this is, they really cannot take a woman journalist uh, who's been persistent despite all warnings. Last year when Gauri Lankesh was murdered, Gauri had translated my book in Canada and a month later she was murdered. And a lot of people said, you know, this is the state's response to any form of opinion investigation and this could happen to you and you should leave the country and this is where we are at in India where political investigation is or journalism is okay and uh, you have written um, that uh, while on the one hand you are not cowed down by this episode you are actually emboldened <coughs> and uh, to do more investigation <coughs> and uh, on the other hand uh, <coughs> you've also written that um, you are among the privileged ones, that there are journalists elsewhere who are, don't have the access uh, and the protections that you do. Can you explain? I think, you know, uh, once I got the United Nations, the United Nations issued a statement um, and, you know, there was, uh, everybody did a story on me, all the international publications. I got a platform at, in the form of New York Times. Washington Post wrote a piece on me. And then I met Shujaat Bukhari in Lisbon and, he's, and he said to me jokingly, he said, he said, we have been suffering repression and human rights violation in Kashmir and insurgency for 40 years and the UN did not intervene. And look at you. I mean, he was just joking. And then the day the UN re released a report on Kashmir, that's the same day Shujaat was murdered. And I mean, it was so ironic in many ways. And I thought, you know, Shujat was not even killed, was killed without a warning. People like us who are social media figures and, you know, who have a huge, uh, who have a self, who have a following and who, uh, I mean, we are guarded. We are privileged. Think about, not just Shujat Bukhari, think about journalists in Chhattisgarh, in Bastar, who, I mean, women who are just, who are not even allowed to do their basic journalism. If something like this happens to them, do, do, do you think they even have access to a therapist, which I had to? They have access to a lawyer, a high-profile lawyer like I had to, uh, like I had access to. So I don't think, I mean, when I went to the police station, the way I was, like they said, you know, the way they asked questions, I don't think in rural India setup or any other setup in small towns, a journalist can really take that. So I think in that sense, I'm extremely privileged to be a part of this urban setup where I have the privilege of people knowing me and the United Nations issuing a statement for me. Where do you think uh, 
journalism in south asia and in india will go given that social media at this moment is uh, so <clears throat> vituperative and challenges and trolls and uh, follows people <clears throat> so my last question and also in the memory of sujat bukhari who's been murdered and is with us no no more uh, he and all of us we'd like to see journalism actually progress with more investigations and a, a more courageous setup altogether what is social media uh, what will be the end of social media's impact on uh, mainstream media i think social media is here to stay and social media has had it has had its impact but journalists in in india pakistan bangladesh nepal have seen worse than this so social media trolls should understand this that we have seen worse attacks on journalism over the years whether it was emergency or whether it was you know in situations where there was a backlash against <laughs> journalists journalists have seen worse so if they think yes the attack with technology is getting worse you're now using technologies like deep fake to create a pornographic video you're doxing people there are mechanisms but journalism will survive and you would know that kanak and you have you have seen the persecution in your state and you would know that you're still doing the finest journalism i don't think this persecution uh, especially by social media will stop any of us journalists and we're all right now all journalists from all these asian countries are like mirror images of each other so i don't i think we gain we gain strength from each other So what we have is social media, the trolling. It's all we are all facing it first generation all over the world, including here in South Asia, and that's what also hit, hit you. You are just in a, in that sense a pioneer as a victim of uh, extreme form of not even trolling. This is extreme violence that has been um, uh, physical violence, uh, if you can consider the mental trauma that you've been facing. So we can say that uh, with the response of individuals such as you um the we can say that journalistic community as a whole will not be cowed down because you have not been cowed down and many others like you so thank you rana thank you kanak thank you so much